For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ah, welcome back to Herd Tell. Okay, let's talk some local stuff. We talk about that a lot because it's important stuff. But how does it get covered? Let's talk to one of our friends. He's been on the program before. He does local coverage and local reporting. Adam Bass. You know him as Adam Bass of Mass with that clever Twitter handle. He's a reporter with the North Star Reporter. He's also a contributor to WBSM up there in Massachusetts. How are you, sir? Good to see you again. Good to be here again, Andrew. And uh, thank you for having me on the show. Always happy to have you. All right. Here's the thing. I've been talking about it. I've wrote a couple pieces about it. I bring it up on this program. People just don't pay enough attention to local stuff right now, especially the legislative process, especially city, municipal, county commission, city council, whichever one you may have, depending on where you live. I thought it would be instructive to actually talk to somebody who covers us all the time, which you do. Media has gotten nationalized. There's just no debate about that. It has. Local media is struggling. It's trying to find its niche. I think a lot of local media is starting to figure out this print media, modern media thing, but it ain't quite there yet. You cover it. What is it the difference? Because you've done both. What's the difference when you're covering local news as far as getting it to the community where it matters the most? Well, see, the, the important thing, Andrew, is that you have to understand who benefits from reading the news. And that's going to be everybody in that community. And basically what you're trying to do when you're finding an audience when reporting local news is that you want to keep it close to what matters in the community. So, for example, in North Attleboro, one of the communities I cover, one big thing that's going on there is housing. There's this huge housing project going up or being planned, excuse me, called uh, a 40R project. And that's a mixed use project. Now, some people are very excited about that because you know, Massachusetts has a housing crisis, but other people not as excited because they feel as if it's going to bring in too many people. It's going to cause traffic problems. And really, it's sort of like creating what I like to call the spider web model. So a spider web has a center, a nucleus, and then you have all the little things coming out of it. So different people in different areas. So maybe on one ring, it's the it's the legislatures or the, uh, the town councilmen talking about the 40R project. Some who agree, some who disagree. Then it's going to be the businesses who benefit from it. And then it's going to be the people who benefit from it or don't like it. Everyone plays a part. In local news, it's not just uh, single people like a president or a sing or a Joe Manchin who's calling all the shots. It's everybody. Everyone has a role, and you need to find out who those roles are and who those power players are. That way, you can you can deliver it to an audience who can understand. Okay, how does it affect me? How, why do I care? Why should I care? This is a good example, Adam Bass and Mass. Let's take housing for a second because that's a very popular social media debate. It's a popular pundit debate. I cover it on this show a lot because it is important. There is a high housing crisis. There is a lot of things that go into housing that go into things like economics and politics. But that's the perfect example of where local reporting can really come into because the national narratives, you know, Yimby versus NIMBYs. Yes, in my backyard. No, in my backyard. If you're against affordable housing, you're, you know, bad people. If you're not for it, you know, blah, 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 blah. The problem is locally, there's legitimate reasons why you might not want a particular project in a particular place that doesn't fit that national narrative, 
But there's local concerns that are very unique. And those people may not be against, you know, affordable housing or whatever it is at all. It just may be that specific project, that specific location. They know the people that are behind it. They may know the actual developers that are behind it right. or the reverse is true. They don't know the developers because they're out of town developers and they got questions about them. Those are all legitimate issues. They don't fit the national narrative, but that's where the local reporting and the local flavor give the context you need to find out what the actual events and what it means is, right? Right. Here's the thing. I'll give you actually a perfect example of this. So one of the town councilors I cover, uh, he said he's not against affordable housing. He likes affordable housing, but he didn't vote for the 40-yard project because his belief is that the better way for the town to grow is through industrial uh, buildings. So buildings that bring in industry, such as your, your Amazon, um, so your Amazon, so things that make things, which is industry. Now, the town manager says, okay, I agree with that, but I also think that housing brings a little more growth. So as you said, Andrew, one of the things that's very true, especially on social media and nationalized news, it's very black and white, but you know, it's like, oh, you can build a railroad easily. It's like, no, you can't really because A, you know, you got to look at the land, you got to look at all the places or housing. For example, developers may want to build affordable housing, but one of the big problems is that it doesn't bring a lot of money for them. You know, building three, four apartment housing, that brings a lot of money for them because the people who come in have that money to spend. So how am I going to make money as, let's say I'm a developer, how am I going to make money? I got to make a free four bedroom apartment. Now, the town manager in North Alberta was trying his best to make sure that there's a way to make money for those developers in making more what he calls holistic housing. But obviously, it's still a process. It, there's no end to the crisis of housing or any other crisis. And there's going to be diff different people talking about why it's an issue for them, whether it be those who do, do not have a home or those who have a home and may say, well, wait a minute, is this the right place to do it? Now, me personally, I'm just covering this. My job as a reporter is not to give opinions. It's to give information and let other people decide those opinions because we've sort of lost our way as reporters are just giving their opinions. It's not the Adam Bass show. It's it's the North Alboro show w narrated by Adam Bass. That's the reality. Yeah, Adam Bass joining us. All right, take us inside of one of these meetings, city council, yeah, uh, let's something do this. like this. Because people, look, there's been a thing, I've always been an advocate of like, if you if you don't go to a meeting at least once or twice, to at least familiarize yourself with them. Look, Robert's Rules of Order is its own separate language. I understand there's a lot of minutia, a lot of it's boring, a lot of it's just procedural stuff. For somebody that's never been to a city council or a county commission meeting, if you live rurally, you know, whatever your governing body is, the first timer walking in and never give them a little bit of a survival guide. What should they be looking at? What should they be listening for besides the procedure and the nomenclature and all yes. the boring stuff? What are they actually paying attention to? Because really how those council members or county commission members are conducting themselves are almost as important as whatever the actual things being discussed as far as who actually knows what they're doing or not. Right. Right. So here's something I would actually recommend doing, especially for those who want to go to a city council or a county commission meeting. First of all, before you do anything, say hello to the city councilors, okay? They are willing to say hello. They love chatting you up. They love talking to people. They love making their – they love talking. And really helping to understand who they are really gets a good example of how things are going to go down in the meeting. Now, when that meeting happens, pay attention to who talks in the meeting, not just the city council president who's conducting the meeting. Talk to uh, – look who's um, – 
um, motion, uh, bringing emotions to the table. Look who's deciding to let their voices be heard. And really, who kind of agrees with somebody on the city council? Like, who, who becomes, like, best friends in their uh, giving of motions? Or who butts heads? Um, I remember um, there was one motion for a new bridge to be built in New Bedford. And one of the council members said, well, I want a special session to hold off and let's just review everything because I don't think we've been giving enough time. Another counselor agreed with them and he was sitting right next to him. They were chatting it up and I realized, okay, they've known each other for a long time and they probably agree with one another. And then you have an another city counselor, a newer city counselor, relatively young, and say, look, you know, we had this opportunity to build this bridge and the MBTA, which is the Massachusetts Bay Transportation Authority, which is, which is basically where the trains go in Massachusetts, um, we have this, they're paying for us. They're there for the bill. The city doesn't have to pay anything. So let's do this. And it passed. Uh, the, the bill that uh, allowed the city to have the bridge passed. And then when you're done with that, go talk to the counselors. Ask them simple questions. You know, it doesn't matter if you're not a reporter. You can ask questions. Ask simple questions when you're going there. there there's an old saying, um, you know, I, I'm Jewish. And there's an old saying, uh, every Passover be the be the children who ask the questions right if you ask questions you're going to come out smarter you're not going to go in dumber you're smarter that you're coming in with questions Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Adam Bass and Mass. Hey, this brings up another thing, though. Um, somewhere like Massachusetts, this is, again, you know, same song, second dance. The national narrative doesn't fit always in local politics. Massachusetts, very blue state, very liberal state, very progressive state. This is all known. But the thing about these local issues is people want to ride in and start slapping, you know, the partisan national narratives on it. It just doesn't work that way in local politics. It's not that oh. there isn't partisanship and there isn't, you know, the party line and things like that. It's just it's a total different tenor and a different pace. And especially somewhere where you have a little bit more, you know, super majorities on a lot of stuff, things are dealt with differently. And that partisan horse race narrative stuff doesn't really fit the local politics, does it? No. Well, we got to remember one of the things that's true about Massachusetts is that we don't have that, that many comp competitive elections, you know. Um, the GOP here, they don't really try that hard, and they're going through a bit of a crisis management right now. And the Democrats, you know, uh, it's sort of like becoming a Republican. It's sort of what uh, Jim Justice did. Uh, you're switching that D to an R or R to a D. It's it's a chance of survival. Um, <laughs> and the reality is that in local races, there's it's not a partisan uh, thing. You know, obviously there might be some who lean more a little left to the right, but at the end of the day, there's still – 
good friends. I'll, I'll give you a great story. I was covering an election um, for city council, Ward 3, city councilor in New Bedford. And you had one candidate who was like an outwardly Republican, but everyone else was just like, just them. When the, when the, when the results were called in, the two top two rivals, they were so happy for each other. They were hogging. They were, they were cheering. Um, and all the candidates were cheering and they said, you know, we lost, but you know what? Good for them. And they're excited to run against each other. They're, they're really, really excited. And I think that's missing from our local pol or from our national politics. I'm not calling for everyone to be like nonpartisan. I'm, I'm calling for people to realize that it's not as black and white. Politics is, it's not even shades of gray. It's so many different colors and so many things that make different people tick. And you have to really understand that when do when when covering politics and understanding politics, it, it's not this red versus blue. It's it's red, blue, yellow, green, beige, chartreuse, turquoise, magenta, all these different people with all these different combinations. It's going to affect how you think of politics when you look at it that way. Yeah, it sure does. Adam Bass. All right, folks all over the country. Look, there's still local media out there. Talk about for just a second, though, how they can follow it more and more. You look, the local papers that have survived, if they're surviving, they figured out how to get online because either they right. did or they didn't survive. That's how that works. Local news stations, local TV stations, local PBS, a lot of them have really good reporters. There's now, you know, a lot of nonprofit news organizations. Just walk people through if they want to follow their local news better, where to start. And is this one of those things kind of like natural what I've done? You know, you kind of got to go a la carte with your reporting sometimes. Find those good local. Look, I got my four or five guys that keep me up to date on all the West Virginia stuff. Talk about getting a rotation so that you're getting that local information outside that national market. Because you're going to have to kind of do this yourself and curate it yourself, aren't you? Right. So one thing I would recommend first, if anyone has social media, go first follow uh, Report for America. This is a great nonprofit organization that has young reporters like myself go to different parts of the country and report at different local at different local outlets. From there, you can find said local outlets. Uh, you can find local papers. You can find local television stations. And if you can't find them to begin with, the, the smaller ones, go think, look a little bigger. Um, you know, look at your equivalent of the Boston Globe. If your state has one, uh, go look at your local television station because you will find the, the network that they're building. Different reporters know all the all the all the people in the business so you know your local pbs affiliate might know uh where to find local uh outlets to read and don't be afraid to contact them send them an email that's what i did when i got started i reached out to all these people at gbh news in in, in boston at uh, wbsm where i currently contribute uh and also listen to your uh, local am stations you know you might find something that's not as partisan there um, in, in Massachusetts and New Hampshire, there are plenty of AM stations that, you know, do, do lean a little right or left, but there are some that do tell, uh, straight news. And if you can find them, give them a listen. Yeah. Adam Bass. He's a reporter from North Star Reporter, contributor for WBSM. Also got a little podcast called The Cod Cab, and I'll let him explain that one to you. Uh, let folks know what you got going on, how they can follow you, and how they can keep up with you until we get you back on the program again. My sure, friend. sure. So you can follow me at thenorthstarreporter.com or WBSM when I'm posting articles there. Adam Bass of Mass of Twitter. That's Adam Bass of Mass. Or listen to our podcast, The Cod Cabin, where we talk about Massachusetts politics. It's a, it's a real blast. 
it even rhymes so you know it's gonna yeah. be good right uh like adam bass of mass that's his twitter handle adam bass our good friend up there keep doing the good work of local reporting my friend and we'll talk soon take care thank you sir Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Folks, if you've listened to the Herd Tell program, you've heard our friend Gabriella Hoffman, but you need to make sure you're checking out her podcast, District of Conservation. It's a podcast exploring the nuances of true conservation efforts from D.C. and beyond. From topic discussions to exclusive interviews with conservation and energy newsmakers, Gabriella keeps listeners appraised of the latest news stories while elevating important voices. Listen to the District of Conservation on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are played. Religion is at the intersection of our 21st century life, even if we don't express a faith. At a time when it seems that religion isn't as prevalent as it once was, it still leaves its mark everywhere. As a pastor, I know that religion isn't something I just do on a Sunday, but it's found in every nook and cranny of my life. Sexuality, politics, social media, the economy, war, nationalism, all have some kind of religious angle to them. And as a communicator, I want to find the stories that can help people understand this part of our society that is so important to so many. Hi, I'm Dennis Sanders, and I'm the host of Church and Maine. Church and Maine is a podcast about the journey of faith and where it intersects with modern life. I look at faith with a journalist's eye, asking the who, where, what, why, and how religion affects some of the major issues of the day. Join me as we journey together. You can listen to Church in Maine podcasts at the website churchinmaine.org or on your favorite podcast app. I look forward to seeing you.